Well, welcome to New Life, everybody. Glad to have you guys here with us. How many guys are excited to be at New Life Church today? Anybody? Come on, you just put your hands together. Just clap like that. That's good. It's good to be excited about coming and worshiping together in church. You're going to hear some about why it is good. You're also going to hear one of the reasons why we do it today. So uh, I just got to let you guys know, I'm so excited that you've chosen to be here with us. Thanks for worshiping with us here at our Carney campus. Also need to say a big hello to everybody worshiping with us at our North Platte campus as well. It's exciting, man, to be one church in multiple locations and to have God doing incredible things at all of our locations. Uh, look, you guys, some of you guys missed out on <clears throat> an incredible opportunity. We just had the Global Leadership Summit. We were one of 700 host sites in America presenting some of the top quality leadership material with a Christ-centered focus around the world. And we had people here at our Kearney campus and our North Platte campus. If you missed out on that, please make sure the next, next time you hear about it next year, sign up for it. It's going to be highly beneficial for your life. Well, look, if you guys have kids at our Kearney campus, then you know that we just lost some incredible people that were our children's pastors and Matt and Abby Richardson. Now we haven't lost them completely. They do have family here. They will be back. All right. That's what we do. That's what we do here. We make sure that before you leave, you have family so that you can never really get away from us. Uh, so anyways, they, they'll be back. They, they just moved to Omaha as well, so they'll be back. But look, I, I just got to give you a praise report. Many times when you lose a key position like this, and Matt served in what I would refer to as really a transition for us from our last children's pastor. And so when, we, when you lose a key position and you need to fill it, you, you need to be prepared for the long, the long haul. Uh, to find somebody who would, would move, that's, a, that's an A-game player, that would move to Kearney, Nebraska, that, that's, a, that's a big jump for some of them. A lot of, a lot of ministers that are A-game guys you know, are thinking to themselves, like, I'm going to move to a big metro area, and I'm going to take, take this position or that position. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just kind of innately built into a lot of people. And, and so when we're looking for someone, here's what we're doing as leaders. We're holding out for the best of the best. We believe that there are other industries that have the best of the best living right here in Kearney. I mean, I think of one, let me just pull up one company just as one example, all right? The Buckle, all right? Here's an here's a industry that is, you know, nationwide bringing in the best of the best to work for them. Then we should be expecting God to bring the best of the best to work for his kingdom here at our Kearney campus or our North Platte campus. Can I hear an amen on that one? Right. So we're, we hold out for that. We were prepared to be on the long haul. We were prepared to go a, a long, long period waiting for God to give us the right person and to fill that chemistry. And lo and behold, God had the right person already in our state. And the process moved so quickly that I get the privilege of announcing to you that we have already hired a children's pastor for our Kearney campus. That's exciting news right there, right? That's exciting news. So we can thank God for that. I want to introduce you to the couple, though. It's uh, Jesse and Kristen and Lucy. Don't forget about Lucy. Uh, Maduna, all right? Uh, don't pronounce their name like I did the first time. Like, hey, guys, we got the Madunias coming. It's not, that sounds more like a flower, okay? And so, a perennial, or I don't even know what those words mean. But, okay, 
So this couple is incredible, incredible. You're gonna get to know them and love them. They have already a lot of our DNA uh, and they've got a lot more to bring to us. And I just believe that they're God's people for this moment. And so they're moving to our community next, or this week coming up, all right? You'll see them walking through the corridors of our hallways on Sunday, next Sunday, you'll have an opportunity to greet them. But I want you to know this, parents with kids, we are not gonna be throwing them right into the children's ministry position right off the bat. We're, we're going to do something radically different that we probably should do more often. This couple's coming from a position where they are the solo pastor. So everything that New Life does, they have to do by themselves at their church. They have no other staff. They don't have another secretary working for them or nothing, okay? They do everything and they've been serving in that capacity for the last 10 years faithfully. So incredible couple of integrity, right? Here's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna give them some big long break or sabbatical, but we are going to take them on a journey of cultural journey and some training and some equipping. So they may not be in the children's ministry pastor position, like literally in front of your children for maybe two months from now, right? But when they do, it will be the right moment. So I want you to love them, embrace them, get to know them, Minister to them with your kindness because that's the kind of church that you are. And if you're in North Platte, you're getting an incredible staff member here at our Kearney campus, which by the way, will serve you in so many incredible ways as they empower the children's ministry workers both on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. So when the Maduna family shows up next week, let's love on them and greet them with an incredible Kearney um, and you know, middle of Nebraska welcome. Can you do that with me? All right, we're gonna do that, all right. Mm. All of that comes basically from hearing the whisper of the Lord, by the way. So you want, you want to know a practical example of hearing God's voice? It's in a moment just like that where God whispered. And he goes, look, pay attention to this couple. In your interview process, pay attention to them. And through that one little whisper, we started to pay attention and God led us. And I hope that God's been leading you this past week. We gave you a challenge to be in God's word. We gave you a couple of you version Bible reading uh, programs or devotionals. I hope that you picked one of those. I saw on my feed, many of my friends on the YouVersion app, they picked it and they were reading it. And I tried to say thank you to many of you, but I couldn't get to all of you. So uh, I just wanna say, look, be in God's word. God's word is the key area where you hear his voice. See, I think some people actually think that the Bible is just a book of what God said, of what God said. But I'm here to tell you today, the Bible isn't just a book of what God said. The Bible is a book of what God is saying. Amen. There's a big difference between those two. Right? God's word is still alive. It's not like other books. Like you read other books and they just kind of like fall flat at the end. I, I know it. A good book can be one of those kind of books where you just don't want to finish it. So it sits on your nightstand for a couple months with the last chapter still left unread. I got it, there's some good books out there, okay? I just haven't found one of those. But nevertheless, the Bible isn't one of those kind of books. Like you pick it up daily and you can find in it life and it gives life to you. And so I know that many of you are facing some incredible difficult situations. You're facing some things where you are desperate to hear God's voice and you're thinking to yourself, this whisper series couldn't have come at a better time. And I would agree with you, and I'll praise God with you, because I really believe, and I want to encourage you every single week, that God is speaking. 
We serve a God who is not distant from us, but he wants to be close to us. We serve a God who, if we just believed in what the Bible's, you know, what it is, he's not a God who has spoken, he's a God who wants to speak to you. And if I can do anything every week is I wanna encourage you with that. But secondly, I always wanna encourage you during this Whisper series that every single one of you can hear God's voice. I think there's so many of us that roam on this planet thinking to ourselves that for some reason we are outside of the scope of who God is going to speak to. Like, like, oh man, I'll, I'll clap and I praise God that he spoke to Pastor Jeff about our next children's pastor and he spoke to the team about that, but God can't speak to me. And if there's anything I wanna do is I wanna encourage you through this series, God speaks and that he wants to speak to you. Everyone can hear his voice. But I also wanna help you build a daily dialogue with God, which is much different than what many of us have with God. Many of us, many of us have this 911 dialogue with God. That when there's an urgent moment, a critical moment, you know, something that's beyond us, when we feel like we just got dumped into the deep end of the pool or, you know, where Tuesday took a wrong turn, then we have a 911 call to God. And, and there's nothing wrong with the 911 call to God, but this, let me say this to you. If you're having a daily dialogue with God, then when the 911 moment comes and you call God, you call out to him in prayer, you're more likely to know what he's saying if you're having a daily dialogue with God. But my fear for you is that you don't have a daily dialogue with God and then the 911 moment, you call out to God in desperate desire and need of his voice and you don't recognize it. And then the tables get turned and you start blaming God that God, where were you in my 911 moment when the whole time he was there but because of our lack of our daily dialogue with him, we just didn't recognize his voice. So this is all going to require a mindset change, an attitude change. It's gonna require a posture change. And here's what it's gonna require. Three simple words, all right? I'm gonna say them, and then you're gonna say them with me. We are sheep. Come on, just say that with me. We are sheep. Now. Some of you didn't say it like you mean it, so now say it like you mean it, all right? We are sheep. Isn't that encouraging? Man. That's the whole answer right there. We're gonna pray now and wrap up the service. No, it's just doesn't, it doesn't feel very encouraging. But guys, that's the mindset, the posture, and the attitude that we're gonna have to be in if we wanna hear God's voice because the Bible, especially the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well, it's full of analogies and pictures and portrayal of us being sheep. So I know, I got it, right? On the surface, saying that I am a sheep doesn't sound very encouraging. But there's a lot of encouragement. There's a lot of good pieces to us being sheep. Charles Spurgeon, you know, a famous preacher, he said this about being a sheep. He said, some Christians try to go to heaven alone in solitude, but believers are not compared to bears or lions or other animals that wander alone. Those who belong to Christ are what? Sheep in this respect, that they love to get together. Sheep go in flocks and so do God's people. He's so right about that. This is one of the reasons why we're all gathered together here on Sunday morning. It's one of the reasons why in the New Testament we're encouraged not to forsake or to give up or to you know, devalue the gathering together of God's people on a Sunday morning like this because we were designed for it. 
And if we were designed for this, we need this. So be very leery of our current culture who is going to continue to say to you, and, the, and this voice is only going to get louder, it's only going to get louder. Be leery of the voice that says, we don't need this corporate gathering. The church was never meant to be the large gathering of people. We can just do it on our own. And I say to you who are watching me online right now, that if some of you are watching online because you believe that, then you're missing out on what it means to be a sheep. And I'm calling you to come back into the flock because we were designed to be with each other. Designed to be with each other. So we throw this out online so that we can encourage you and entice you and help you understand who we are behind closed doors, right? Because it's a little intimidating to walk into a church, but now that you get to know us, come and hang out with us. We're just a bunch of sheep on a journey to discover what it means to love Jesus and follow him. But there's a lot more to it. Like David, David taught us in Psalms 23 that the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I have all that I need. Peter, Peter was reinstated into ministry on the beach after the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus met with him in three different times. Jesus says to him these words, Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. You're, you're called the ministry, Peter. Like, get out there and minister to my people. Jesus in Mark chapter six, he looked at the large crowd who had gathered around him. And he said, these people are like sheep without a shepherd. So here's what the Bible says. He taught them. He ministered to them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then in John chapter 10, which we're going to read, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd who's going to lay down his life for the sheep. We're going to look at that in just a minute. So the quicker you and me come to the conclusion that we are sheep, the quicker you're going to position yourself to start hearing God's voice. So I'm just gonna let you know, as your pastor, I have brought myself to a resolve. I am just a sheep, and I'm very content with it. So, you know, like family photos to remember the family, I took some, took some pictures of myself, I'm just a sheep. <laughs> I just wanted to be reminded that that's who I am. But a sheep, you can still have your self-expression, right, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> And you don't have to give up like some of the fun things that you really like to do. So there's all, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do by being a sheep. And it's still cool and it's still fun. And there's so much life that can be given in it. You can take that away quickly, please. All right. John chapter 10, Jesus, this is where he really breaks it down. This is where he gets into the minutia of what it looks like for him to be the good shepherd and for us to be the sheep and his whole attitude towards us. And I just want to encourage you in light of the challenge from last week to go and read John chapter six, or John chapter 10, excuse me. Go read John chapter 10 this week. Okay, because you're going to want to read that whole chapter. I, don't, I just don't have the time to break down the whole chapter for you. Uh, but in, in this attitude of we are sheep and sheep hear his voice, there's a few scriptures I want to like, really point out to you. So in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus is saying these words. He goes, I am the good shepherd. You're going to hear that theme, okay? And he says, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Now, we're on the backside of all of that. We know Jesus did that. What he said, he did so if you want to know something about the character and the nature of who our God is, he is a God of integrity. That what he said, he did. All the way to the point of giving up his life. 
And if you're willing to make that kind of statement and follow through on it, I would, I would venture to say to you that you can trust him on anything else he says, okay? Because the good shepherd knows what it means to do that. But continuing on, looking at verse 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. That's good news. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Another common theme. But now he takes it to be even more personal. I know them, so Jesus knows you today, every single one of you. Even if you're far from him today, even if you haven't committed your life to him today, he knows you. And then he says this, if you're one of his sheep, then there's things about him that you know. Is there more to know about him? Absolutely, like with any relationship. The more you're in the relationship with the person, the more you get to know them. So yeah, the longer that you are committed to being a sheep of the good shepherd, the more you're going to get to know him. But I'm gonna tell you this, he already knows everything about you. He's the good shepherd. Then you jump to like verse 27 and 28, and he goes, my sheep, they listen to my voice. Okay, we're gonna talk about that today. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and then it goes beyond knowing, it goes to what? And they what? They follow me. We're gonna talk about that today, right? I've given them eternal life and they'll never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Guys, that is, that's good news right there. So we're gonna take these scriptures and just kind of look at it. What does it mean to be a sheep that hears the whisper of God? Well, here, here's where it starts. To be a sheep that hears God's voice, you have to embrace Jesus as the good shepherd. He's good, meaning that he cares for you. He's got a purpose and a predestined plan for your life. He is good. Like He's, he's, he's worthy of wrapping his arms around you. He's worthy of putting your life into his hands. That there's a lot of benefits for you choosing to follow him, right? He is good. You, you follow him, he's going to lead you to green pastures meaning he's going to lead you to a good place. You're like, well, yeah, but it feels like I'm going through a desert. True, you could go through a desert before you get to the good place, but here's the comfort of it all. He is the good shepherd, he knows it all. He knows where the next green pasture is, even though he has to lead you through the desert right now. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going through rocky times, I'm going over the mountaintop, perfect. I know it's difficult at times. Christianity was never meant to be something that's going to be simple. Christianity isn't for the simple-minded. Christianity is for the determined-minded. Christianity is for those who are willing to be disciplined by the Holy Spirit. Christianity is for those, not so that you can have a crutch, but so that you can have a leader. We follow him, and he leads us to good things, even though we walk through very, very difficult seasons in our lives. So we have to embrace Jesus as the good shepherd because if you want to, to hear the whisper of God, then you have to get close to him. You have to be in close proximity. And look, guys, every sheep needs a shepherd. So embrace Jesus as your leader. Embrace him as the leader, the good shepherd of your life. And to embrace him would mean basically two concepts. First, surrender. And let me just say this to you. There's more in your life that needs to be surrendered right now to Jesus than you know of but surrender all that you know of. And then the journey of the Christian is that he shows us more that needs to be surrendered, meaning he shows us more that we need to trust him in. He shows us more that we need to believe him in. He shows us more where we need to exercise greater faith. That's the journey of a believer. The journey of a believer is I thought I gave him everything only to discover next month there's more to give him. 
And that will be all the way to the end of your days. So embracing Jesus is an act of surrender and a continual one. But embracing Jesus also is exactly what you think it means. It means to hold on like your life depends on it. Here's here's a good picture I just want to deposit into your mind about that. What if you tandem skydived with Jesus, but there was nothing to like hook you to Jesus. The only thing that was going to save you was your embrace of Jesus and only he has the parachute. How tight would you hold on? How hard would you embrace him? If out the plane you go, he's got the parachute and you've got to hang on to him. I just want to ask you, how tight would you squeeze him? Just take the hand of the person next to you and tell them how tight you would squeeze. Don't do it, no. People will be, people will be screaming because you're, you're going to squeeze Jesus so tight, like everything below where you're squeezing is going to go numb because no blood's going to get there. That's how tight you would hang on to him because it would be your life or your death depends on it. Well, today, what I want you to know is this. Embrace Jesus like, it, like your life depends on it. Because if you want to hear the voice of God, you have to be in close proximity to Jesus. Like we are our own worst enemy in hearing the whisper of God. Because we journey away from him. We get confident, overly confident, arrogant. We lose our humility, and we start embracing other things. We would rather embrace ourselves than embrace Jesus. But I'm just going to tell you, you get, you get close to other things, and you get far away from him. No wonder we don't hear his whisper. Remember to hear the whisper like last week. You have to lean in. you got to lean into him. So lean into Jesus today and make him your good shepherd. But to be a sheep that hears God's voice then, then you must believe that you were designed to hear God's voice. Like, I don't know if you know this about literal sheep, but sheep are actually designed to hear the shepherd. Most animals don't have this. Most animals were never designed to follow the voice of, of a human command. Most animals were not designed that way. I think a few weeks ago, you, you saw Pastor Nate up here with his dog. So a dog is designed to hear the voice and the command of a human. Most animals are not. A sheep is one who's actually designed to hear the voice of a shepherd. So look, here, here's the deal. When you embrace Jesus as the good shepherd, your ears opened up and you were now able to start hearing his voice. So if you haven't embraced Jesus as your Lord, your leader, the good shepherd of your life, or if you're distant from him, then you come back and you embrace him again, you need to know something. Your ears, spiritual ears, meaning your heart, it was opened up to the frequency of God's voice. You started to recognize his voice. That's why Jesus said, my sheep, they know my voice and they follow me. How can he make that kind of a bold statement? He can make it because when you embrace him, when you get close to him and you say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord, my leader, be my good shepherd, right? forgive me of my sins, like I want to follow you, and you stay close to him, there is an assurance, there is a confidence that when you stay in close proximity to Jesus, his sheep hear his voice, therefore they have the ability to follow him. Like sheep actually do this. 
So Gary and Carmen Irwell are a couple in our church. They've been to Israel multiple different times. They said on one of their first trips to Israel, they were eating lunch. When they got done eating lunch, there was a group of shepherds with like four or five shepherds with all of their sheep all kind of grazing together. And then they literally saw this with their own eyes. And I've read about this, so I'm validating it to be actual, you know, be factual, but they saw with their own eyes a shepherd, you know, make a sound, like a click sound, like click, click, or, you know, come. They just make a sound and they start walking and out of the herd of five or six different flocks, their sheep just start following their shepherd and all the other ones stay there. That's what you would find if you went to Israel today. You would find shepherds that could have all of their sheep together. And when the one shepherd calls out to his sheep and starts walking, then they all start following him. Why? Because God made sheep like that. And God made you and me be the very same way. He made humanity to learn his voice and to know his voice and to remember his voice so that we can follow his voice. You know right now. And we're gonna, we're gonna put this to the test. I got three voices that you're going to hear from the last few decades, okay? I just want you to listen to these voices. I want you to remember who they are. And then when we're done, I'm gonna give you the chance to see if you're right or you're wrong. Just to prove the fact God made you this way. You don't have to see them. All you have to do is hear them and you'll know who they are, all right? Now, one of them will be a greater challenge than others. I'm just gonna warn you on that. But a 20 second experiment. I want you to listen to these three voices and see if you know who they are. The stock market is at an all-time high, a record. Thank you very much. Good evening, my fellow Americans. I appreciate so very much the opportunity to speak with you tonight. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Okay, so voice number one. President Trump. Voice number two. President George W. Bush. All right, here's the big challenge. Voice number three. Martin Luther King Jr., right on. Good job. High five the person next to you. Man, even if they didn't get it, just high five them, all right? Just tell them, I got it for you. Just tell them that. All right, I, I got it for you, all right? I got it for you. You see, you were designed to hear voices and to recognize that voice. You don't even know those people personally, but you, yet you can recognize their voice. So, like, as an example, my wife and I, we've been married for 31 plus years. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's because she has a tremendous amount of patience. She's not even here right now, and I'm still saying those kind of things because they're true. 31 years, okay? Now, look, here's, here's the thing. When my wife calls me, she doesn't say this, hey, Jeff, it's Kim. Right? Because that would be weird. <laughs> All she has to do is say hello, and I recognize her voice. Right? So couples, maybe in your marriage, if you've got problems, maybe you just need to learn to recognize each other's voice better. That would help us. It would help us in our relationship with God. Recognize his voice, and when he speaks, we say yes, and we follow. See, you were designed to hear God's voice. But here's the reason why. Because God's voice gives the believer life, not just direction. Life. God's voice gives life. Here's how we know that. Here's what Jesus said. He was in the desert being tempted by the enemy for 40 days and 40 nights. 
And Satan came to him and he said, I know you're hungry because you've been fasting. Why don't you turn that stone into bread? Here's what Jesus said to him in Matthew chapter 4. He says, no, the scriptures say this. People do not live by bread alone, but read this with me. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How do we live? We live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Where is the primary source of the words that come from the mouth of God? The Bible, right. I know, I know I've trained you that most of the time when the pastor asks us a question, the answer is Jesus. <laughs> I got that. This time it was the Bible, and you were smart, and you were with me. Good job. Yes, that's the primary source of how God's speaking, but I do need to let you know, and we'll talk about more of this in you know, some of the weeks coming up, but God's still speaking today. He's speaking to you. God wants us to have our dependency on hearing his voice. Like we're dependent upon food to live, since we were just talking about stones and bread, we're dependent upon food to live. God wants our dependency to be upon his voice. So look, listen, you are a sheep. Is it sounding better to be a sheep, by the way, than it did at the beginning? Yeah. You are a sheep. A sheep hears the shepherd and follows him. That's normal. It's normal for a sheep to hear the shepherd and follow him. So hearing God's voice is normal for the person who has embraced Jesus as the good shepherd. Let me say it to you this way. Hearing God isn't something that we do. It's something that we are. And there's a big difference. If it's something that you do, then, man, you would have to work really, really, really hard to get it done. But it's something that you are because of what Jesus has done. He's the one speaking. We, we should relax more and just be the sheep that says, the shepherd is in charge. He's got me. He will lead me. He will guide me. He will speak to me. My job is to get close to him and to embrace him. And then to continue to believe that he designed me to hear his voice. But also to be a sheep that hears God's voice, you must mature in your listening. So yeah, you were designed to hear God's voice, but you still have to grow in your hearing of his voice. Think with me like a child. Like a child was designed to speak, but did a child come out of the womb speaking perfectly? None of the four children I had did. They all started out with caveman-like sounds grunts and cries, groans, that then moved into words that were, well, this plain, you know, unintelligible. You couldn't understand them, but yet they thought that they were speaking the world. And then those things moved into words you could understand that turned into like sentences that again didn't make any sense, that then turned into sentences that did make sense, that then turned into a child that, you know, some of them just won't stop talking and others you can't get them to talk at all. But they developed they had to learn that. They had to mature in that. And that's the same thing for you. You're designed to hear God's voice, but you have to mature in it. So I, I listen to like mature Christians and they tell me about their stories and their journeys. And we've got some incredible people in our church that have just walked with God, you know, for decades and they've seen God do amazing things in their life. And you can hear those stories and be kind of like inspired by them. But you can also be discouraged by them at times and go, when am I going to hear God speak to me in that kind of profound way? And I just want you to know something, that maturing in a process takes time. So here's what you as a good sheep should be doing. Embrace Jesus. Hang on to him like your life depends on it. Never forget and never give up the faith of believing that you were designed to hear his voice 
And then give yourself to growing in your faith, growing closer to God. Take advantage of life groups. Take advantage of the altars. The altars are for the hungry at our church. Take advantage of our time of worship. It's our response time to God. Take advantage of when the doors are open on a Sunday and come like all sheep you know, do. And we come and we worship God together. Take advantage of calling up one of our pastors and setting up a, a meeting to drink some coffee and just discuss a little bit farther. Just take advantage of your other, you know, sheep friends around you and meet with them and pray with them and share God's word with them and have times of fellowship with them. Take advantage of what we have around us so that we can grow in our maturity. Take advantage of when a faith step is given to you and step out in it, even when you don't understand what's going to happen and you feel like you're stepping into the unknown. Take advantage of it because it's in that process that you will begin to mature. You will become a sheep that hears God's voice on a regular basis. And you will become a person, a Christ follower, that matures in your faith to the point where you actually inspire the next generation. So if you're facing something big today, which I know many of you are, I believe this. God's here to speak to you. But I do want to encourage all of you all of you, to lean into God this morning. Lean into him today. Become a sheep that embraces him. Lean into him and get hungry to hear the daily whisper of God. Because he's here to whisper something to your life today. Even if all it is is this, I love you. That whisper can change your life. So why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, we come to meet with you. We know that you're already here in this place. You're here in our Kearney campus. You are at our North Platte campus. You are, you are moving in a living room right now. Lord, you are meeting people right where they are. And we are so thankful that you're so much bigger than one church. And that, Lord, if you had to pick the church you visited, we could go an entire lifetime without meeting you. But Lord, you are everywhere all the time through the power of your Holy Spirit. And you know each of us, like your word, like in John 10, it says, you know us. You know your sheep. We thank you for that. Lord, may we embrace you, get close to you again. Forgive us, God, for drifting from you. Forgive us for walking away from you, for wandering off into our own little place, as far away from the shepherd as possible. God, we want to be, be right at your feet again. We believe, God, that you designed us to hear your voice. Now may you help us today mature in that. May you help us to draw near to you. May you help us to push out all the other noise that's in our life and just get close to you and hear your voice again. You are speaking to this church. You're speaking to every person that's hearing my voice right now. You always have and you always will. Like you want a personal relationship with us. So may we get close to you and in close proximity as we lean into you today. May we hear your whisper, and may your whisper transform the rest of our life. In Jesus' name, amen.